1: Do the Dallas Cowboys have a problem at the place kicker position? All that and more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys
2: podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Locked On. Locked On. Locked On Cowboys. Locked On
3: Cowboys.
1: Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon is at Cowboys Ca- Camp reporting live from Oxnard. Landon, how are you doing today, sir?
3: good you you definitely threw me off with <laughs> the idea that we're going to be talking kickers when there's a, a whole lot of stuff going on but uh, i'm here still That's not today the most was important a... thing of the, the day Pro- probably not but who knows uh uh yeah I, I, it was a great day of practice today it was a much more lively practice i mean i think clearly yesterday was kind of a ramp up uh, it felt like things were a little bit more crisp today uh, it was a beautiful day so sure. yeah there's lots to talk about
1: yeah let's just be clear uh We're going to be talking about the Cowboys kicking situation. And right before we came on the show, Landon said, I hate talking about kickers. So (laughs) we're going to make him talk about it anyway. Uh, Cowboys had a rough day of uh, kicking on Tuesday. Listen, yes, there was some win. Jerry Jones was upset about the the win and them kicking such long field goals. But uh, both of the Cowboys kickers in camp right now are not performing particularly well. Landon, from your eyes at practice, how much of a problem has the, the kickers been? So how have they been so far for the Cowboys? Well, uh, to be fair to myself, I haven't been paying a ton of attention to
3: the kickers. Uh, but I will. I mean, I saw them kick, so th- especially the mojo moments, that the ones that everyone's referring to. So, so I definitely I can report to that. And I would say that one of six is not a good number that you want from your uh, uh, place kickers, uh, just from uh you know uh, my simple math in my head um you know jerry was not blowing smoke i guess when he said that the wind was bad it i mean honestly the thing i was actually complaining about to marcus before we got on here was that i didn't understand why they you know in a competitive situation i mean it was a pretty serious headwind and they were having them kick 50 plus yard field goals so uh, yeah, they weren't exactly setting them up for, you know, uh, 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 gimmies, mes uh, But yeah, I mean, obviously one of six from 50 yards, even even for 50 yards is, is not not great.
1: No, it's not. And the issue is this was a problem for the Cowboys last year before the season in, in training camp during the preseason during the season. And we thought the Cowboys would maybe take the kicking situation a little bit more seriously this offseason after they kind of lost multiple games because of Greg Zerline last year. And they really didn't do that. Right. They, they signed an undrafted free agent kicker. They didn't bring in a veteran. It, and it just feels like we're going to get into the season. It's going to be the same issues again. I don't know if either of these kickers are giving us a lot of confidence that they'll be improved in that area. I just don't
3: know any kickers that are available that like I had to sign off the street. You know, that's that's the other thing about this, too, is that it's like the guys that are available kickers are going to be available kickers two weeks from now, three weeks from now. You can see if these guys can work through this, but there is no silver bullet at kicker like this. I think Cowboys. There's
1: not, but there's probably better options out there of guys that are at least somewhat experienced and you kind of know what they can do, right? But experience
3: doesn't help, like you know the all these guys turn sour at some point. That that's just that's just what happens with kickers. Just that yeah, they're great until they're not, you know. And and so like yeah, I think that there's guys out there whose names you know that are available. But guess what? They're going to be ready to kick at a moment's notice, three days before you can sign them on week one if you want that. I, I just of all the positions like this one, uh, to me epitomizes like the absolute necessary need to sign this guy during training camp. If you can develop a younger guy that you can, you know, like if Liam or, or I, frankly, it's hard for me to pronounce both Garby, these guys. Right? Jonathan Garby, yeah. 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 Jonathan Garvey. Like if they both like, uh, you know, if either one of them develops, that's great. If, if they don't, you throw him on top of the trash pile and, and you go out to free agency and you sign another guy who you'll throw out in the trash pile four weeks from now when he misses a kick you don't
1: like. But you can see why this is so frustrating, though, for Cowboy fans. It's like th- this was a huge Achilles heel for them last year. And basically, the Cowboys kind of threw out their hands in the air, like, yeah, well, we, we don't have any solutions. Let's just. Oh, they did. They did have a solution. They got rid, they got rid of uh, of the kicker. Yeah, getting, uh, getting rid of your kicker, not really going out and signing at least. That's my point though. That's my point, Marcus, is
3: that it, it, it the next guy will be the next guy, right? It's just it's never gonna stop until you magically sign Dan Bailey and then he gives you uh, an incredible run at kickers for you know five years or whatever. But but until then, like there are four to five reliable kickers in the NFL. Outside of that, it's a it's a it's a dice roll for me. I, I just I don't know. These guys have not been good. You need better than what these guys have been producing. I'm certainly not uh, arguing that, uh, but I also think that you know you you can give you can give these young guys the opportunity to work themselves out to get better at this, or you can sign the guy off the street and he might be marginally be better until you need him. Who knows? It's it's such a roll of the dice. I have a hard time getting upset about it, frankly. Uh,
1: Dan Bailey, only 34 years old. Yeah, I mean, have you seen him it Kick back? lately? Have you seen him kick lately? Like, uh I was just looking at his numbers. They're worse than I thought. So, yeah, never mind. Exactly. So, that, that, that thank you for proving my <laughs> point. Let's move on to actual football. Yeah, yes, uh <laughs> let's move on to the actual football news. But before we do do that, I want to tell you guys that today's podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life is full of twists and turns and it's important to show up for yourself through it all. BetterHelp Online Therapy will assess your needs and can match you with your own licensed professional therapist in less than 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. So you don't even have to be on camera if you don't want to. Uh, and with therapy, you can t- take a few tries to get the right fit. BetterHelp makes it easy and f- it's free to change therapists whenever you need. They've got a special offer going on right now: get ten percent off your first month at BetterHelp.com/lockedon. That is ten percent off your first month of online therapy at BetterHelp.com/lockedon.
0: Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state coverage options are selected by the customer availability amount of discounts and savings and eligibility vary by state.
1: All right, let's talk about some of the other things that happen at practice uh, on Tuesday. I want to talk about the offensive and defensive line because pattern practices is where you really learn about these guys. Yeah. Tyler Smith, what were your impressions from today?
3: Yeah, I actually got an opportunity to watch these guys a little bit more this, uh, t- you know, today than I did yesterday. And, uh, it's 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 interesting what they're doing with Tyler Smith. I mean, it, he's rotating in with the ones, um, and he's playing with the twos. It's almost it's in fact I think it's exclusively guard. Um, and he you know he is noticeably better than Connor McGovern. I mean, I it's it's it don't, I don't think you have to be a, a, an expert in offensive line play at all. I, I certainly don't claim to be, but like I think it's easy to see uh, the difference between the two: the athleticism, the strength. Uh, the movement skills. I just he's a he's a bigger person who's moving better and is stronger, um, and he doesn't seem to be struggling with um, a lot of the technique stuff that 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 you know we were concerned about. I mean, I you know I I didn't I don't I need to kind of go back and watch some of the videos that I made, and I, I certainly will have more kind of details uh, after doing that. But but I mean, kind of after casually watching it live and then rewatching a couple of the snaps uh, you know, on my phone, it seems like, uh, you know, it's not, you're not seeing the egregious hand placement that you saw before. You're not seeing, um, you know, a, a problem with kind of getting his foot, his feet into position. I saw him, uh, uh, turn, a uh, uh, tackle all the way around on that huge Pollard run. Uh, the one that was the, the draw, uh, Pollard, uh, uh, Smith was on was playing guard that on that the play and he's collapsed that left side he's frankly what opened up that huge hole for Pollard so uh I think he's he looks certainly looks the part uh he certainly looks like he is uh you know one of the five best offensive linemen on this team talent wise um you know and and, and I, a couple other things we saw I mean I, I saw him. Uh, you know on a wide zone play expertly get to the second level without any problem and then target and uh, engage with it late van Der Esch, and, and then just completely seal him off on an outside run so um uh, you know I, I think there's no surprises necessarily that he is uh has been very successful in the run game that that doesn't i don't think that should surprise too many folks um but i think
1: if he wasn't shining there that's where we'd have an issue right
3: yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's you know if he was if he was having problems there, then I think that that, that would be a little bit scary. I think what we need to get more information on is kind of the pass sets. I just didn't see uh, a ton of it today. I mean, they were working a lot of a lot of run stuff today. So, uh, but I, I, what I saw in the run game, he looks really
1: really good. Uh, I want to talk about Neville Gallimore because he's really one of the players that the Cowboys need to have step up in the middle of their defense, right? Um how, how, what have you seen so far from him in practice?
3: Well, first thing that I thought that was really interesting is that he seems to be in that second group of, of defensive linemen, or either that or they are very heavily rotating the interior. Guys.
1: Which they probably are, right? I mean, probably. that's they did last year. I mean, the only time where some guys got more snaps than others is when they had just so many injuries. But I I don't know if we should worry too much about who's taking first string reps and no, second string with no, the defense. It, if anything, it's, it's it's it's
3: I was actually presenting it in kind of an interesting opposite way because, and you're right, like you know, who's starting whatever, but you know they they do drills in in order of depth chart, right? Like in order of starters, right? So like, sure, yeah, sure. when they do individual ta- defensive tackle drills, the starters will start. The second team will be the second group to go, and the first group to go with the defensive tackles is Tristan Hill, and uh,
1: Odigizua. So uh, I I think that I found that which we should mention because Mike McCarthy actually pointed out Tristan Hill today. It's like somebody who brought a lot of energy to practice, which I think he said this was the first year Tristan Hill was with the team. Like he uh, back in back in 2020, Mike McCarthy's first year. I think he liked Tristan Hill a little bit. So it's interesting to see that he's continuing to play well in practice. Yeah, he actually
3: had a sack today, or would have had a sack today, uh, and 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 a couple other plays where he was able to knife in the backfield. He's popping a lot more. Um, I think it's still kind of up and down with him, and you'd like for him to kind of get to the point where he's raising the floor a little bit more. But those moments that he's, but you're at least starting to see these flashes and the moments show up, uh, and, and I think that's really encouraging. And, and going back to Gallimore, he's you know he was. He had a sack as well uh, uh, during uh, I don't know what they would call that 11-11, some sort of you know scheme specific sure. uh, uh, scenario scenario specific uh, situation, and he had a sack on Dak and, and on top of that he, you know just there was definitely several different points where he was in the middle of a scrum that wasn't able to kind of move the defensive line so uh, you know he's he, both of those guys have really stood out so far.
1: What about your guy Osa? I know I should at least ask about him because he's your favorite guy.
3: You know, I didn't notice so much anything that he did. Uh, I and mean, uh, maybe he's doing. Maybe I'll go back through this uh, the tape and, and get a little bit better, clear picture of him. Uh, but he didn't necessarily. I didn't. I didn't okay. notice him. You know, getting a sack or anything like that, or or making huge plays. But obviously, that doesn't mean that he isn't fantastic. A couple
1: more uh, defensive linemen I want to touch on: Sam Williams. Uh, I actually yeah. saw a clip today. Uh, him beating Terrence Steele around the edge for what would have likely been a sack. It's certainly a pressure in a hurry. Uh, But what have you, what have you seen out there in Oxnard?
3: He moves really well. I mean, he just like, it's, uh, his speed is, is incredible. You know, you obviously you see it when he's getting around a tackle or, or uh, you know, trying to uh, pursue on the backside. But I mean, even then, like when, the plays on the other side of the field, or let's say Pollard just going up the sideline uh, on a on a sweep or something. You know, he, even if he's the backside defender, like he'll take an angle to go cut it off, and he just runs really, really well for a guy his size. That's the other thing. Again, I think I mentioned it yesterday, but I was with a couple other folks uh, at practice that you know I, I've kind of run into over the years. And uh, they that was the thing that they also noticed, too, was that Sam Williams was a lot bigger, uh, physically bigger than, mm-hmm. than, than they kind of imagined based on, you know, numbers and, and that sort of thing. So he definitely looks the part.
1: Uh, the other guy that's a every year, a, an annual camp winner, Dorrance Armstrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did Dorrance Armstrong do today for you To that caught your eye? I thought that, you know, that, uh, I, I, to kind of just. Put a button on it for
3: you know, the defensive line was kicking the offensive line's butt for most of the day, it felt like, up until the two-minute situation where then the offense was able to kind of completely march down the field without any problems. Um but yeah, I I saw Dorrance uh dip under Tyron at least once for a would-be sack I and mean, two or three other times where he was able to get around guys to to make plays. Uh, you know, he's he's just it seems to be uh, a, a more consistent issue, a more consistent thing than what we've seen previously. I mean, obviously he has been <laughs> training camp champion, you know, mm-hmm. three, four years running or whatever it is. But, but I, I think after last year where we were able to see him kind of translate some of that to, to moderate uh, success, right? The moderate success. Yeah. I think that, you know, there's, there's hope that he is ready to maybe even take another step.
1: Uh, all right. Anybody else on the trenches that we should talk about before we, we move on to talk about some receivers. I will say that I saw uh, Ridgeway
3: uh, getting some a lot of personal attention from Quinn. Um, you know they were definitely trying to work with him uh, in some of the pass rush stuff. Um, yeah, Farniak. I, I Farniak. It, Farniak, I, I saw uh, taking some snaps at center. He played, some, takes some took some snaps at guard, and he looks like he's holding his own there. Um, he wasn't like blowing me away, but he certainly looks to be. He, he's going to be that. It.
1: I don't know, first offensive lineman off the bench, but he's going to be that swing interior guy that's probably active on game day because he can play three different spots. Yeah,
3: I mean, you know, it'll be interesting to see exactly how the dust settles on the whole Connor McGovern, Farniak, uh, Biotish situation, right? Because at this point, it sure seems like Biotish has been given the opportunity to have the job at center and 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 to lose it right if if you know if, he probably should considering that he started a bunch of games and he didn't improve last year yeah i thought that by the end of the year he was playing good football and, and i think that that is something that is probably going to give him the benefit of a doubt as a starter right now um but yeah I, it that doesn't mean that farniak isn't having a good camp it looks like he is uh, Connor Mcgovern, on the other hand he's just been up and down it feels like yeah. you know I see a nice yeah. snap here and then and then you know he's getting backdoored by the, by the defensive end and, and suddenly yep. he's you know, not able to block him. So
1: it's kind of more of the same from Connor McGovern, right? You see, you see flashes of it, but just not consistent at all and gives you no faith that like, Hey, if this is a long-term starter at left guard or whatever, um, that he's going to be able to help.
3: Yeah. And Ryan Neal, I saw Ryan Neal, uh, take some passes out of the
1: backfield. So he might lose his fullback job too. So yeah. <laughs> We know that's not happening. Uh, All right. I want to talk about the receivers because Jerry Jones is convinced they do not need to add a receiver here over the next few weeks. But before we do that, I'm going to tell you guys about bet online. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all of your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, or even golf bet online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts they have you covered head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts All right, Lena. before we talk about the receivers, I, I do want to mention this quote from Jerry Jones after practice today. Michael Gelkin asked him about the urgency level to go out and get a receiver. Jerry Jones said, there's none at all. Let's get these guys, uh, the incentive, these young receivers, a big opportunity going forward. Um, one of the players that's gotten a, a lot of opportunity and a lot of snaps here over the last couple of days, Simi Fahoku. Um, yeah, who did not look particularly good in his first training camp with the Cowboys. How is he looking here in year two? All these young wide
3: receivers look really great. I mean, Fahoku, Brown, you've seen Dennis Houston make plays. Brandon Smith uh, had
1: a nice catch today.
3: Brandon Smith had a real had two really nice catches today, uh, down the field in the middle of the field. So we were I was trying to figure out who number eighty was. Uh yeah, I, I mean that's the thing about it is the the odd thing about the wide receiver group right now is that there seems to be a hole in the middle, but but the the top end is obviously looks really good. CD Lamb had another really good day today, and the the middle bottom part of the roster of, of the wide receiver room looks really good too. Um, so I, I think the problem is in that kind of wide receiver two, wide receiver three area. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and exactly how that's going to suss out. Um, you know, I mean, I I think I'm not shocked that, that Jerry is not um, saying that there's a level of urgency for the wide receiver situation simply because I, I think anybody that they're coming to bring in to literally take snaps at, you know, during training camp, that's not going to be Will Fuller. It's not going to be T.Y. Hilton. Uh, T.Y. Hilton. That's just not what those guys are. So, I think the question is as presented to him would, you know, in his mind be, are you guys interested in signing a camp body to kind of, you know, take over some of these snaps? I don't think that that precludes you from getting a wide, a, a, an actual upgrade at wide receiver once we get closer to the regular season. But if we're talking about facilitating practice, like, I mean, I, even if you signed Will Fuller, I don't think that that would happen. So I I think, I think that's kind of more what they're referring to there.
1: Maybe. I mean I, I think they need maybe multiple veteran receivers like to start in week one and week two like because otherwise you're just asking a lot out of a third round pick from South, you know South Alabama. You're asking a lot from Noah Brown to come up and you know give you more snaps when he's really been a wide receiver five for most of his career. The guy that I want to talk about though, Dennis Houston, so I went back and listened to our um, undrafted free agent show, and we actually talked about Ontario Drummond, Ty Fry Fogle. We didn't talk about Dennis Houston, uh, oh, and for good course. reason. I, I looked back at Dane Brugler's uh, draft guide. Dennis Houston was wide receiver 85 for Dane Bruegler in this year's draft. Wide receiver 85, and he might be one of their top – Three, four, five receivers on the roster right now. For people that have no idea who this player is, can you just tell us a little bit about the <laughs> game that you have seen him play so far in practice? I mean, I could try. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's you know he he's listed at six one. I I know. got his official numbers right here six oh one six oh one 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 ninety eight four four nine at it, at uh, Northwestern's pro day because Western Illinois didn't even have a pro day, so he went to Northwesterns.
3: I. I mean, I I have a hard time. I guess he could be six one. He seems really. It felt like I was confusing him at times with uh, with uh, Turpin, you know. And so I, I think that that was because one's number two and one is number three. Uh, I, I just he's very smooth. He just he he uh, just, just very little wasted motion. Um, he I think a lot of the the appeal with him is that he's just kind of where he needs to be and uh, he makes the play when the ball comes to him. It's not really super flashy. It doesn't seem like he does have some, you know, a little bit of speed, I guess, but it's not, he's not burning people or pulling away from folks. He's creating separation at times. He's, 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 he's coming down with contested catches and he's doing so against, uh, you know, some of our, our ones on on defense back. So um, I, you know, I think he's, certainly earned that opportunity to play with the ones take snaps with the ones it's weird to see him in there with with uh, everybody else but he also hasn't looked like he doesn't belong yet i'm sure that will come i'm sure that will, that that'll come but i mean as of right now he doesn't look like it's too big for him he doesn't look like it's he's outclassed he looks like a, a guy who's uh, fighting for a, a spot on the 53 man roster, which is incredibly impressive for an undrafted free agent. All here. right.
1: So here's what I'm going to have you do. We, we, we haven't discussed this pre show or anything, but you've okay. been at both pad practices for the Cowboys. Let's rank the top four receivers on the team from what you've seen so far that are active. So don't know Michael Gallup, James Washington, CD Lamb is obviously number one, but just based on what you to at practices. Two, three, four. What
3: do you think? <sighs> well, I, I think Tolbert is is the next guy simply because he does – he hasn't made a ton of plays here, but you can tell when he does that You know, he's got a level of athleticism that maybe the other folks don't. Um, I would have to put Noah Brown two or three, I guess I'm sorry, uh, and mm-hmm. then Simi
1: Fahoku right behind him there. Really? See, that's a little surprising to me. I, I thought that Turpin or Vasher or one of those guys would be ahead of Fahoku. I think they're all very close. I mean, I, honestly, I I think that they're all
3: doing really, really well. They're all like none of these guys are making huge mistakes. It was noticeable. Tolbert had, I guess, a drop and, and it, that was noticeable. Right. When it happened, like because you're just not seeing a lot of it. You're seeing these guys come down with footballs. You're seeing them make plays. I mean. Uh, there's just there's just been a, a high level of concentration and 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 solid play by these guys i mean i'll I'll point to uh that tipped pass touchdown that fahoku had yes, yesterday right like uh-huh. yeah being in the right place at the right time but that was an incredibly difficult catch that he was able to to seal like the those are the kind of things that he couldn't do simple stuff last year and now he's doing like the complicated things like you know he's making adjustments to the ball midair he's coming back to the ball to to take advantage of his height. So, and and you're seeing Noah Brown do it too. And obviously that's Vasher's game as well. Um, I think all these guys are very
1: close. Like it's, I, it's hard. Right, to so, so what would you, what would you say to somebody who maybe is a little bit more pessimistic about this wide receiver core maybe somebody like me a little bit, that's just like, <laughs> okay, it's training camp. We've seen this happen a million times. Guys will have one or two good days, True. but once we get to the season, you can't count on them. Um, do you have different thoughts?
3: No, not necessarily. I I but I but I also think you have to let that play out, you know? I think that, you know, there you have to allow for the opportunity that everyone was wrong about these guys, you know, and that they that they I mean, look, they haven't shown you that they can't do it yet. You know, that's like that's I think that's kind of the step that we take when we get to regular season conversations about 53 man rosters. Right. And, and, and who's going to make the team is the, the hardest part of this is not where we are right now. The hardest part is, you know, four days before we break camp,
1: are they still doing it? Is it and, still? And that's, and that's where I'm at until we get to like two more weeks of, let's say, let's say it's Dennis Houston. That's taking more snaps with the ones and continues to make plays. I think that's when I'll be excited. it's just hard after two days right no no absolutely i think the thing that's different and maybe that, that maybe i've
3: formulated a little bit better is that normally there's two or three of these guys this year there's like four or five of these guys that are all kind of on track to show you something and so you know and they all have kind of their own unique intriguing sort of situation Vasher is an oversized wide receiver guys that you don't you don't see very well Noah brown is a fifth year developmental wide receiver who may finally have developed uh uh Mm -hmm. simi fahoku is a guy that is looks like a person who's kind of finally learned how to use his body correctly um and all of them are playing very good and and houston is obviously an undrafted free agent rookie which Mm -hmm. makes it you know completely off everybody's radar all of these guys have made it interesting at the very least to, you know, again, I'm not saying that any of these guys are even one solution to the wide receiver depth chart, but we have to figure out exactly what you have in these guys, because what happens if like two of them are just really good and, and it just worked out that way. That's something that that, that is, you know, at least worth investigating at this point.
1: L- last thing i want to ask you about so cd lamb has been dominating practice you were fortunate enough to be at practice when dez was doing dez things uh mm-hmm. what was that 2012 2013 i think in that stretch how would you kind of compare and co- contrast cd lamb's practices versus dez's practices back then honestly i i think it's a tough comparison because of the types
3: of practicing that they're done this is this that th- this is an, an interesting conversation i was having with With rabble about uh, rabble rouser who writes her blog and the boys um, who we were having a conversation about how there the differences between the practices and we've been through two padded practices so far and we've had no one on ones none we've had zero uh, uh, you know individual competitive or 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 even two on twos competitive Uh, and and I'm pretty sure we've done zero live action live hitting drills like it's all been touch or you know bumps you know it was what they call them uh th- those can get physical trust me like people have been lots people are going to the ground every, every once in a while that's something that they are trying to avoid but it's not been full on so uh, the reason i'm bringing that up is that one thing that des was really really good at not surprisingly were those one-on-one competitive drills right yeah. where he was yeah. just dominate guys um I think you see C.D. Lamb dominant. Like there's like there's definitely m- most points of the game where the, the, I'm sorry practice where he's able to get open and make the catch at will. Like there was a whole section of practice where him and Dak basically marched down the field by themselves. Yeah, um, but it's not quite the same show-stopping uh you know uh athletic marvel that that you saw with with Dez when he was going one on one versus you know <laughs> poor poor uh defensive backs that were uh, that were assigned to him at the time
1: okay uh, that makes total sense uh, i expect cd lamb to have a huge year i think you do as well it's just be can they find a wide receiver 2 and a wide yep. receiver 3 over the next you know few weeks before week 1 We'll see, Landon. We'll see. So Cowboys have a practice again on Wednesday, correct? Yes. And, and I did want to bring out one more thing too. Go ahead. There's an overall thing that I forgot
3: to mention. I saw a lot more motion today than I had seen in a long time. I, I, I saw a lot more uh, tight split stuff, a lot more condensed okay. formations. So those are things to kind of keep in mind. They clearly are gonna see a you're gonna see a lot of 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 Lamb in that kind of nasty split, that really short split where he's on the line of scrimmage right off of the tackler tight end. They they had a lot of that. A we lot call that the, the of,
1: Cooper Cup slot, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. A lot of him doing kind of uh over routes from that spot. Uh, so uh, they've worked on that
0: in full speed
3: and at half
1: speed every single day so far that I well these last two days, I guess. I'm and sorry. that's and that's how you can make the offense a little bit more efficient by helping CeeDee Lamb avoid press <laughs> coverage, getting him in space where he can make plays after the catch. Uh yeah, huge year for CeeDee Lamb in coming as long as he can stay healthy. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, make sure that you're following the Lockdown Cowboys podcast as Landon is going to be out at practice again tomorrow. Uh, we want to thank you for making On Cowboys your first listen today. Now make your second listen to On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equal a break in the action. It's not like a whole bunch of NFL news was dropped on us on Tuesday or anything. jeez, oh, good lord! Hey, at least we're not locked on Dolphins right now. Shout out! Oh no, uh, man, those guys, those guys. feel for those guys. Uh, yeah, uh, follow show again at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow in at McCool BCB. I am at Marcus underscore Mosher. See you next time.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast.